WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD1. Maybe you're listening to 89.9 FM. However, you come at us, it's still Jazz Alternatives on WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. Every once in a while, we do these Monday night shows we call Deep Focus. And what we do, we have a guest come into the studio, and that guest uh, chooses a topic of focus. Of the deep variety. And I'm very happy to welcome back to the studio Vijay Iyer. Hey, how are you? I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm ready to rock. I'm very excited about your selection and what we've discovered. Me too. Me too. So uh, I think the first time you were here, we focused on Andrew Hill, which was very exciting. And oh, yes. you had a profound relationship with his music no that you shared. And the next one, we did Thelonious Monk on his, on our 75th birthday. <laughs> his, what birthday was it for him? It was his 97th, 99th. I think. 97th? Somewhere in there. 90, 99th. I think it was 99th. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And that was a very memorable experience. And for all the time I've been listening to Thelonious Monk, I heard new things. Yeah, same here. That, I think that that night kind of changed my life. You know, hearing Monk stretch in 1947, you know, to a duration that exceeds the length of a 78. Yeah. It was like, whoa, that's a whole other vibe, like a different sensibility, a different sense of space and time and everything. Yeah. I had a whole new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's big, man. I have a feeling we're going to have another one of those nights. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, in this case, we're dealing with an artist who I not only adored and cherished but also knew personally and saw live many many times and even played with so um that already i didn't know yeah you already just put this in a new light what is this artist's name this artist's name is jerry allen she was one of the great geniuses of contemporary piano music of the last i don't know how long have we have we been on this planet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah human about, beings. Since uh, about the time she showed up, it was like, well, now, okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we lost her um, very tragically in 2017. She was 60 years old. She had just turned 60 that month, uh, June of 17, and so we're all still reeling from that, from the fact that there's this hole in the universe. It's always uh, feels like something's torn away. We all, of course, on KCR do memorial broadcasts when we can. 
in her case in particular, it, it really felt like there was so much more to be done. Yeah. I mean, 60 is not a child's age, but she was still seemed like she was arriving. Well, she was hugely active. Um, just it had so many projects happening, um, not just as an artist, as a musician, music maker, and composer, band leader, and collaborator across disciplines, but also as a scholar and educator. And she had actually just l- relaunched an old um, um, academic journal out of UC- University of Pittsburgh concerned with jazz and creative music, which has been rechristened as jazz and culture, which is now a kind of, I don't know, quarterly-ish, or <laughs> I'm not sure, but they're actually planning a special issue in her memory for next year, so we'll, there'll be a lot of new scholarly work focusing on her as an artist, of what, what did she do, you know, and what I've found over the years, um, certainly before, but also very clearly after she passes that not many people have really studied her, like studied her music, studied her playing, studied her writing, you know. Um, so the, there was a whole, I would say there was a whole season of tributes in the wake of her death. Um, I was part of several of them. I remember there was, you know, so we did this thing at Newport Jazz Festival that summer um, with Terry Lynn Carrington and Esperanza Spaulding. Me and Jason Moran and Christian Sands all tried to fill her shoes. Yeah. <laughs> we took turns, like, trying and failing to, to <laughs> fill those shoes. Um, it was a good time, though. It was, like, really celebratory. As sad as it was, it was also um, really special to celebrate her music. And then there were subsequent tributes. There was one here in New York um, around the time of Winter Jazz Fest in 2018, and I remember also that <clears throat> that winter, uh, I had actually had this concert on the books with Jerry and Craig and me. We were going to all play together at SF Jazz Wow! in February of that year. Craig Taborn. Yes. Um, sorry, I, <laughs> I forgot that we're on the air. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, that was booked like a year in advance and then... She didn't make it, so mm-hmm. we um, we just made the night a tribute to her, and we enlisted Chris Davis and uh, did some round-robin duets. And then also we had... Uh, were, were you guys going to do three pianos? I don't think so. We hadn't actually planned that far because <laughs> right. we didn't have a chance. Either way. Yeah. Um, you reminded me of something. I don't know if this was a long time ago. Uh, triad, the thing she did with the Batson brothers? Oh, yes, yeah. The Hendrix. Yeah. Pianos for Hendrix? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Which was yeah. three pianos. Yeah. She did cover all kinds of ground, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then there was something else. Um, well, we had a nice uh, symposium and festival in her honor at Harvard, where I am on faculty. Um, my colleagues, Ingrid Monson and Esperanza Spalding and I put this together and many people from many phases of her life came through and shared remembrances and presented academic papers and played her music. It was really special. So, um, but I've actually known, I first met her 
30 years ago (laughs) when I was a teenager in college and I was taking John's Weds course uh, at Yale on post-war history of jazz and he made it a practice of just bringing people in who embodied that and uh, so that it came to life before our eyes you know and um, I'll never forget but then I already idolized her like um, partly because I'd heard the trio stuff with Charlie Hayden and Paul Motion about which more shortly uh, and also her own music which just mystified me and really excited me and, and drew, I found myself drawn to it in the same way I was drawn to Monk's music like there was something about it that because I didn't get it I wanted to explore it more de- in more depth like there was um, a similar kind of mysterious relationship to what I thought I knew about music you know (laughs) it was kind of like well I thought that this was a chord but that's what's that you know I thought this was how you're supposed to play these changes or how you're supposed to play in time or um how you're supposed to relate to an ensemble and she just like Monk I'd say and like Andrew Hill for that matter to bring up our other subject from a few years ago um they all kind of inhabited space in a different way musically um, and, you know, trying to decipher her musical instincts and trying to, um, I mean, for some, in some way I could relate to them and in other ways I had no idea what she was doing. So that combination, I guess, um, I guess what I would call her musicality really, uh, captured me. So then I just kind of fanboyed out when I was like 18 and I met her and I said, you know, I told her to her, I mean, she was exceedingly shy back then. And yes. I told her to her face after class. I was just like one of the, you know, one of the rabble who tried to talk to her afterward. And I said, like, you know, I don't know if many people have said this to you, but you are really influential on, well, you're one of my big influences. <laughs> and she was like, she didn't say much. She just kind of nodded and smiled but it's it felt kind of like she thought I was crazy. <laughs> Maybe I was. But um, but then not long after that, I got to see her. I, I then moved to Oakland, and I saw her a bunch in the 90s at Yoshi's. And then when I moved out here in the late 90s, we just started running into each other more, and I got to know her. And then she just became this, like, nurturing figure, you know, not just a not just a hero, but uh, something like a friend, you know, or um, I remember one time <laughs> I um, went to hear her at the Vanguard with, uh, I think, I think it was at the, yeah, it was at the Vanguard with Terry Lynn and Esperanza. And then afterwards she drove me home. <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to. <laughs> so she had that kind of like, nurturing quality you yeah, know and wow. like just real humility and selflessness just would give you know it's like this is your night you don't need to give me your right it's that kind of thing and then she saw that um i remember when she dropped me off because we had just moved into this brownstone with the family and um she said that's your house <laughs> i said yeah. yeah this is just like uh seven eight years ago seven yeah seven years ago and i said yeah she said 
You're a Huxtable now. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, you got, you can play in there? And I said, yeah, we have some space in the basement. And she said, do you have drums? I said, uh, no, not yet. She said, I'll get you some drums. Wow. And then I was like, yeah, I did. I kind of didn't take that seriously. But then every time I saw her after that, she's like, no, I mean, I have these drums. Like, you need to come get them. <laughs> and she was actually, when you, you know, she would, uh, every time she saw me, she'd like, mime playing the drums <laughs> like when are you gonna come so finally i went and got him and i have her red rogers drum kit wow that they toured with and timeline and other wow. bands of hers so it's that's my, are they like vintage rogers yeah oh yeah, that's yeah. a prize yeah, man they're special yeah casa they sound great yeah when casa overall came over he was like are those jerry's drums because he played them oh yeah <laughs> um yeah, yeah, they ain't, they ain't making any more. No, of those. no, sure not, surely not. <laughs> and actually, there was a drum head on the bass drum that had it said Jerry Allen timeline. Ah. I said, I think you want to keep this drum head at least. So, yeah, but that was uh, so. Anyway, that's just the kind of person she was, you know. Like, um, she was just always giving. You know, it reminds me of um, what Alice Coltrane said, which is that the key to being an artist is to give abundantly and that's what she did her whole life wow well i can't speak personally as you can but you inspired me to do a little research in the archives here at kcr and the archives gave abundantly of jerry (laughs) allen indeed and we have uh we have an embarrassment of riches of fantastic Recordings that uh, show her in many lights as a band leader, as a composer, as a uh, a band member, and uh, a, a world of musical thinking. I'm I'm really excited about it. Mm. Where are we going to start? Well, um, <clears throat> you pulled up a couple of live concerts of the. Classic trio with Jerry, uh, with Jerry Allen, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Motion. I'd always thought that this was somehow Paul's band, but um, interesting. I saw, but you know, it was also like maybe my first exposure to her playing when I was about sixteen, and I heard the album Etudes, and uh, yeah, that blew my mind. It was just a, diff- and in fact. I was young enough that I hadn't heard the original version of Lonely Woman. I just heard theirs, and I said, oh, that's a nice song. And then I realized, like, what was being done later, you know, once I heard the original. There was just that kind of, um, that mystery and that space and that way of playing with time. And really, um, she could deal with, she had such a strength with rhythm and with time and uh, also, all this kind of negative space in her playing, that both of those qualities are reminiscent of Monk, you know? Like, she didn't play a lot of chords, actually, which is really striking, especially in that period. Um, I recently did a transcription of something that she played with uh, Ralph Peterson in 87 on the album V. And, um, uh, yeah, to to really examine it in detail and you realize that uh, first of all that her time is really strong and there are all these like miraculous um, moments of 
synchrony, but also that she's like very understated with it. She's like she's not forcing the issue ever. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of um, nonchalant, you know, and kind of unbothered. But no matter who she's playing with, that there could be this fusillade from the likes of Ralph Peterson, and and um, and she could hold her ground and even do some daredevil stuff of her own. But then, is, is that a, a temptation sometimes for a pianist when you're engaging with uh, a drummer who's bringing a lot of? Well, to you know, I would say that this is the thing about the '80s in particular when we all when we started hearing her you know uh, we meaning whoever was listening (laughs) you know um i mean she is not that not that she started playing in the 80s but that uh, that's when we started hearing her you know she was in her late 20s i guess um or close to 30. yeah i mean the major kind of points of reference for so-called jazz piano were like, you know, McCoy Tyner, Herbie, Chick, you know, Keith Jarrett, all that sort of like, um, you know, they're each very different. It's hard to generalize about them, but especially the kind of post-Tyner sound of like the real exuberant and lots of bomb throwing in the left hand and, and um, uh, you know, I, I think of like... Um, Kenny Kirkland, who was a contemporary of Jerry's and who also left us very early, tragically. Um, You know, like, incredible dexterity and incredible technique and also, like, great musicality, like this sense of time, but a lot of filling up of space, you know? Uh, Very thick chords, sparring with the drummer in a way that's like... uh, meeting kind of matching them sonically and uh jerry just kind of took a different approach which was um equally rhythmically strong but uh just more uh in a way like when she would take a solo it became a chance for everyone to rise you know so it wasn't a solo wasn't a solo it was more like a sharing in a way like she would share the space she inhabited so that everyone could kind of fill up the space with her, you know. And that's kind of how, like I said, that's how she was as a person. She left no one behind, you know. So anyway, we're going to get into, I'm sorry. I get a little, little, like, misty-eyed here. It's great. Um, We're going to listen to a live concert um, of Jerry Allen, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Motion. Uh, what I started to say is I had always thought that this was um, Paul's group because that's the way it was billed on the first album. You're A2. right. Yeah, it said it Paul Motion Trio, Charlie Hayden, and Jerry Allen, featuring Jerry Allen or right. introducing Jerry Allen even. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't her first time on record by far. But, um, but, but she, yeah, well, was, she was a full generation younger than these guys. Right, exactly. And Charlie Hayden and Paul Motion had worked together yes. across decades yeah, at that eons, time and she's yeah. this emerging right, right, new right. young voice and um but then uh, there was a remembrance when charlie hayden passed um that ethan iverson posted on his blog he um canvassed musicians who had played with him and she was one and she said that this was a collective you know <laughs> this project that they had together uh 
And that's true. They did do compositions by everybody, every member. And we're going to hear some of hers, including one of her famous ones, Dolphy's Dance. Um, but yeah, this is a set where they run through a lot of the classic tunes that were associated with this band. And it was live in London, um, November 21st, 1991, I assume, at London Jazz Festival. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth Hall. Here we go. Music right. you've never heard from Jerry <laughs> Allen, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Motion. This is a thrill. Yeah. Vijay Iyer is my guest. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. That's WKCR.
Thank mm-hmm. you.
The crowd at Queen Elizabeth Hall in London erupts to the sound of Jerry Allen, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Motion. You're listening to WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. The show's called Deep Focus. My guest tonight is Vijay Iyer, and it was Vijay who chose Jerry Allen for the subject of Deep Focus tonight. And uh, I'm not going to say nothing. Vijay, what, what just happened? Lost it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, I'm speechless. <laughs> um, well, you know, first of all, those were three songs that that trio played quite a bit uh, and recorded. But to hear it live, there's a different um, something else is happening. You know, something else. Um, there's a different kind of connection happening. Uh, and like you just said before we came Off mic, on, yeah. Yeah, off mic before we came on air. Um, the whole audience feels it. You can tell. It was kind of like there was a different level of silence in the room around her solo. It was suddenly this aura of, I don't know, it's magic. There's something magical happening there. Um, that, yeah. It, it, it was uh, something beyond, and I... I have to say, it's funny, every time we do one of these shows, I'm always hearing whoever we chose as the subject. It always seems like it's all them in my head because I'm, I'm hmm. you know, maybe because I'm deep focusing on them. But when I think of those exquisite moments in my life as a listener, more often than anybody else, Charlie Hayden is part of the group. True, true. Um, he, I, I don't know what did that somehow that reaching beyond yeah. to that next level. He's and not that I don't say that to take anything away from what Jerry Allen did in that solo. Um, and it's her too, obviously. But I mean, uh, well, I think that's a, what was unique about this trio is that each of them had that quality in spades. Like um, musicality was the order of the day like no matter what they did it had to mean something it had to communicate it had to resonate at that level no matter what tune they were playing no matter um and so it wasn't ever just about like marking a form or uh you know and they would play these phrases that would cross cross the form in a way that like would allow you to lose yourself you know lose relationships they never lost that relationship, but they would kind of help you um, hear the musicality in the music, you know, help you hear kind of against the block-like structure of it or the fact that it's this module that they're cycling or something and really hear shapes and hear events and hear moments and hear human contact, you know. And it, uh, I guess something that's happening in this room where you know, what? when you make a studio recording, you're playing for a kind of an imaginary audience. Like, you kind of have to trust your instincts and say, like, well, um, you know, I believe that this sounds good. But when you're in a room with a thousand people, like that room, or, uh, you know, um, or even a f couple hundred, or like, you know, you, you were with me last night at the <laughs> Village Vanguard, um, you're playing for that room, you know, so it's actually about 
specifically making contact with every single body in that space, you know. It's, it's and it's not a this is not the village vanguard. Yeah. This is uh Queen Elizabeth Hall's a right, good right. size room. Mm -hmm. I think um curious what your experience is London is one of the best cities in the world for this kind of music, I think. I've heard many been with many great audiences in that town and I can just imagine the people that came out to be part of this night mm. I mean you could find that anywhere maybe but um, yeah I mean in that respect I'm curious about what Jerry Allen's profile was in that in that world in 1991 like what did people know about her um, how many times did she come around you know was it still was it still like people were still discovering her or learning about what she could do or hearing, you know, what does it mean for these two quite seasoned, um, almost household names in this music to be sharing the stage with someone who's half their age, you know, what, it, what was going on there? Um, but then to see, to hear her really rise to it and sort of transcend it, you know, and it's not even about proving anything. It's just about making contact and that's um yeah i mean i remember when i first heard her in the like i said in the late 80s and there's something about hearing her hands like when you hear monk you hear his hands you know it's not uh it's kind of about like um you hear the interface between the body and the instrument you know and you hear the dance of the hands of the, um but then you also hear those as some kind of representation of the body itself, you know, the hands as somehow connected to the arms and to the spine and the torso and the hips. Like somehow you hear all of that just in the dance of fingertips on keys. Um, and so I remember just hearing a dance in her hands. And that's kind of how I feel about, you know, those two first pieces that had a kind of bounce to them and had that sort of... Um, Slightly old-timey feel. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, they were s they're straight-ahead kind of sounding tunes, but um, it's really the way that Jerry dances with it that's like, you know, because anyone, y you could say, could play. Not, I mean, not anyone. What am I saying? <laughs> but I mean, like, peop a lot of people think they're playing jazz, as Abby Lincoln famously <laughs> said. <laughs> of course, the, le the next line was, but they're not because jazz doesn't exist. That's what Abby Lincoln said. But um, well, what I mean to say is that uh, she really does, I mean, like Jerry's really evoking that dance impulse. She's really, not just evoking, but like she's eliciting it from you. Like you feel yourself kind of bouncing sympathetically to whatever it is she's doing. And it can be these really weird kind of... Um, scribbles and filigrees and things that are not so metric you know but they still have that kind of lightness and lift that quality that um makes you want to get up you know yeah. <laughs> and it's well and we heard such a range i mean uh we started with um that blues charlie hayden's blues in motion and we heard jerry allen's dolphy's dance and they each had a very different kind of approach a very um and a lot of melody and rhythmic things that she's you know repeating figures and doing like call and response stuff with herself 
And but then that last piece that was first song, which is another yes. Charlie Hayden composition, a classic, and a a ballad where, I mean, she just it just seems like she did something I've never heard anybody else do yeah. with the yeah that kind the, of composition. I mean, that's that quality that I heard. Um, I mean, I think that this particular trio has that really crystalline balance where there's all this space in the music and so and no one's really feeling compelled to to fill it up with it, with stuff like um, she's playing a lot of notes a lot of notes but, but it it's doesn't not, feel it's never dense it's yeah. always kind of um transparent actually yeah, the yeah. way she plays and it has a delicacy to it um and just this uh grace but also like this real it's really grounded too, you know. I mean, I remember describing her playing as like spider webs. It's like someone's spinning these spider webs in the corner of the song or something. But then they also acquire structure, like they become structural. You know, it's not just this decoration. It's actually this is this is capturing you. <laughs> you know, it's there. <laughs> it snags you, and it um and things relate to each other uh, over. The entire form, basically. She's the spider, and you're yeah, the fly. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> you're listening to WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD One. Maybe you found us at eighty-nine point nine FM or WKCR.org. My name is Mitch Goldman, and we call the show Deep Focus. Vijay Hires my guest, and we're deep in it yes. with Jerry Allen, and she brought along Charlie Hayden and Paul Motion. <laughs> And uh, it's just a big old party. We got this live recording from the WKCR archives of the trio, November 91, in Queen Elizabeth Hall in London. And they've been playing together for a couple of years at this point. This yeah, probably four or five, maybe yeah, four or five years, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And, but I don't know how much they've been doing. Right. Yeah, everybody's got their own projects. And yeah. Charlie had several other bands <laughs> that he was involved <laughs> with. That's right. I think that uh, Jerry had also played in Liberation Music Orchestra. Yes, Maybe and Fall Motion too, of course. Yes. Yeah, 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 prior, yeah, right. Prior, before they formed this trio, in fact, this was kind of a spin-off from the tr- from that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when that. Uh, I'm not going to come up with it now. Uh, the sequence of Liberation Music mm-hmm. Orchestra albums. Right, because she joined it after its beginnings. Yeah. Yeah, it started in 69, and yeah. then Charlie reformed it years later, and uh, as I think he probably would be right about now. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think there were two, three or four reformings of that band. Yeah. He, he always said it was specifically in response to mm-hmm. the civic environment. Yeah, well, now is, now is the time. <laughs> as, as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, more. More, more, more. Yes. Anything you want to say about what's coming up, or should we just? Uh... Um, well, this the next is a Bud Powell tune called Oblivion. Although it's listed here as Haunting Oblivion, which I'm not sure I knew that that was the full title of it. Um, but this is a real classic special tune of, of of Bud's, and I remember Jerry's version of it with them. But this live version I haven't yet heard, so I'm excited. Well, here we go. All right. Out. Let's get back in the KCR jet off to uh, Time Machine to London, 1991. Jerry Allen, Charlie Hayden, and Paul Motion. Don't go looking for this 
record at your local record store because it's a uh, live thing. <laughs> it won't be there. I don't think it'll be there. The uh, this store, is, you mean? <laughs> or the store won't be there. Where's, excuse me, where's your Jerry Allen, Charlie Hayden, Paul motion section? Um, but, but this trio put out several, how, do you know offhand how many albums they made? At least three, at least three. Yeah, um, and you should have all of them. I don't know what's available. I didn't check what might be uh, available for digital you can download. Find them, you can find them out there. There's Etudes, there's Year of the Dragon, there's Live at the Village Vanguard. Right. There might be one more, actually. Um, I think there was another set in Charlie's, when Charlie did the residency at Montreal Jazz Festival. Yes. The Montreal Tapes. I think yeah. there's one live date on there. I think you're right. So, and you should get those. You should have you those. You should totally get those. Yeah. Yeah, this is a... Uh, this is one of the great trios, and nothing else. I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> Let's go back to London. Haunting Oblivion, and then we'll hear Paul Motion's Mumbo Jumbo on WKCR.
that is part one of our podcast with Vijay Iyer on the topic of Jerry Allen here on Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman, and uh, you got two more chunks of this, so you can um, flip over and hear those. You can also subscribe to this podcast if you did not find us at Podbean. You certainly can. It's mitchgoldman.podbean.com, and uh, that's the home for Deep Focus, but uh, I see you guys are also finding us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, as well as Spotify, uh, direct downloads on Chrome and Safari and Facebook, and there are a lot of people taking us on the uh, Podbean uh, app itself. And it's all free. There's no fee. There's no advertising. Um, if you see any advertising on this program, please tell me because uh, we're not taking any part of it. This is purely an act of generosity on the part of me and my guests, and uh, we hope you guys appreciate it. And um pretty amazed people are finding us all over the world. That's thrilling. Uh, it's, you know, like really excited about this music and the idea that you guys are too and are finding us is is very exciting. So, all right, um, enjoy Deep Focus. Tell a few friends. Rate us if you're feeling generous and subscribe and enjoy. It's all for you. Deep Focus. <laughs> 